you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. This weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind comes in by request from Debbie. She's sailing a Baltic cruise next year. And Carolyn and Jim just returned from a nine-night Baltic cruise on Norwegian Getaway. In fact, I should mention the ship was newly refurbished as well just a couple of months ago. So we'll jump right to them. If you have a ship request, you can always email me, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Good morning, Carolyn and Jim. Hi. Hi. So, so much ground to cover on this interview because uh, this was a, a honeymoon cruise for y'all. So first off, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thanks. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk all about this. So before we get over to Northern Europe, we're going to take a step back. And what made you want to take this nine-night cruise on Norwegian Getaway? Because y'all are in the Washington, D.C. area. That's kind of a long way to go for a cruise. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a bit of a distance. Uh, when we started talking about uh, our honeymoon, and we got married a year ago as kind of a delayed honeymoon, we knew we wanted to go to Europe. We wanted to do something big. Uh, but we also were kind of craving that resort, get pampered experience. And so when we started kind of researching things, a cruise was really the, the best option. And uh, in particular, the Baltic region, uh, you know, the cities we went to, really the easiest way to get to them all and sort of one trip is through a cruise. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how we, we, we chose the, the vacation, and uh, we're really thankful we did. Where did this cruise leave out of? Out of Copenhagen, okay. Denmark. So you make your way from D.C. area to Copenhagen. Any pre-cruise time in Europe? Yeah, we spent a, a day before the cruise in Copenhagen. So we got to see that city a little bit more, and we actually spent a day there after as well. Okay, very nice. So you make your way to Norwegian Getaway. How was the embarkation process? It was pretty good. There were it was a very busy, crowded ship. There were forty seven hundred passengers. Wow! So considering all of those people getting on the ship at the same time, pretty much, um, it took about forty five minutes. Um, most of that that was waiting to check in our luggage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Random question, but what is the gratuity situation like when you're tipping porters when they're taking your bag over there? You know, there were it's it's a Baltic cruise is really interesting because you have a. A truly international crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say about sixty percent of the guests um, were American, but I mean they came from all over um, Europe and North America as well. Um, most people uh, were not tipping, mm-hmm. actually. So, um, sort of not being in our own country, trying to follow the um, the, the the customs, we did not, even yeah. though that's something we were prepared to do. Gotcha. Yeah, fair enough. So you make your way on board Norwegian Getaway. What were your first impressions? From listening to cruise radio, um, <laughs> we knew that Norwegian does not have sort of the the grand entrance that some of the other uh, ships do. But uh, once we made our way up to, to deck six, um, it was a really impressive, beautiful ship. Uh, the ship has recently uh, gone through a renovation. I think it was just a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really shows um, every light fixture, every piece of carpeting, every piece of artwork on the wall. It's all really fresh and new. Uh, you, you very, they did a great job with that renovation. You very much feel like you're on an, on a brand new ship. I'm trying to think. Some of the things they did uh, on the renovation is they made – was it a Norman's Poorhouse they put on there? Yes, they did. Okay. And they also they put a Starbucks on there as well? They, they did, yeah. Okay. They did. We, we, we use both of those, actually. Mm-hmm. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book, and what were your impressions of it? 
we booked a mini suite. Um, so we wanted to, you know, upgrade a little bit. We had a balcony. It was really great. Um, it was one of our favorite places on the ship. It was a really large room, nice bathroom. The balcony was great. It was really important for us on this trip to have a balcony because it's such a beautiful, like sailing. You see so many things. You're mm-hmm. close to land a lot. And so um, we really wanted to have that private space. And we, it was wonderful. Were you ever offered the option to do their upgrade advantage program, the bidding for a stateroom? Yeah, we were offered that. Um, we were pretty high up already in the category. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that they offered above us was the Haven. Yeah. And that was just a lot more yeah. money than we wanted to spend. <laughs> as yeah. far as space and the amount of plugs and all of that for your nine night sailing, how was that in your stateroom? It was really comfortable, uh, all things considered. Uh, you know, we had plenty of um, closet space and plenty of drawers. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the outlets were sufficient. Uh, we were able to charge our phones and our iPads and be ready to go each day to take lots of pictures and port. Norwegian Cruise Line is known for their freestyle dining concept. Eat pretty much where you want, when you want. The occasional reservation is needed uh, most of the time. So let's talk about, you know, we'll start at the buffet area first. And the name slips me. Is a Garden Cafe up there? Yeah. Okay, how was cafe. the Garden Cafe? It was fine. I think um, for us, the food was just okay in the buffet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the crowdedness of the buffet that made it kind of unpleasant to eat in. It was very, very hard to find a table, even just for the two of us. I, I couldn't imagine having a bigger group. Um, we spent a lot of time sitting outside, which actually was nice, but it was pretty chilly on our trip. Um, Northern Europe in August is mm-hmm. not really that warm. It was about 60 degrees. Um, so... It was easier to find a table outside, pretty crowded in the buffet, but the food was pretty good. And their main dining rooms are what, Tropicana, Savor, and Taste? Yes. Okay. And did you get to experience any of those rooms throughout your sailing? Yep. We did all three. We probably liked the Tropicana room best out of the three because it was the most grand. It was kind of like a two-story concept, and sometimes there was a live band, and that was really nice. You know, the food in the main dining room, again, it was pretty much okay. It was fine. Um, we we definitely preferred the specialty dining, and we did make reservations ahead of time for that. And we were glad we did because it was very crowded and very um, popular. To, the specialty dining restaurants were unbelievably good. They were just really excellent. Yeah, there was a pretty big gap between, I would say, the overall quality of the food and in, in, in main dining to, to specialty. So you certainly felt like you, you know, when you did uh, pay for specialty dining, you definitely got what you paid for. Yeah, I'm sure that's by design too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> force people to yeah. go to those specialty restaurants. Um, So with the Tropicana savor and taste, if say they were serving one menu in Tropicana, was it the same in taste and savor as well? Yeah, it was the exact same uh, menu, and mm-hmm. all those items could also be found upstairs in the buffet at the same time as well. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, you, you you didn't have any advantage to go to Savor over Taste or Tropicana over Savor. So what specialty restaurants did you go to? We went to uh, all of them um, except for the Brazilian Steakhouse. So we did Cagney's one night, which was unbelievable. Uh, that's actually kind of where we celebrated our, our one-year anniversary. Uh, we did their French restaurant, Le Bistro, which is excellent. Uh, Oceans, uh, which is a great seafood restaurant they have on board. Uh, we did their seat. We did their sushi. Um, as you can tell, we, we kind of moved away from the main dining yeah. uh, pretty quickly. <laughs> um, and then where else did we go? We did uh, La Cucina and mm-hmm. Teppanyaki. Mm. I think. Yeah, we did everything except for the Brazilian steakhouse, and that's just because I'm a vegetarian, so we didn't think we'd get our money's worth there. So you're a vegetarian. What did you have, just curious, in Cagney's? 
Oh, I did. I do eat some fish. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Gotcha. I, I ate fish there. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, with this, um, there is one, two, three, four, five, six specialty restaurants you did on this sailing. Um, did yes. you buy a package before the cruise? We got that as part of our like sailing um, freebies that they give. We had two different choices and we took the drink package and we also took the specialty dining package. So we had four meals at that um, and we did pay for, I think, two others as well. Yeah. Gotcha. And with the four meals you got under the dining package, did you have to pay anything extra on top of that or was it all included under it? No, we didn't. I was actually really impressed with that. Uh, you got, we each got one appetizer each at the specialty dinings, one entree each and a dessert. Uh, and you know, the, obviously cause we had the drink package, the drinks were included. So they would bring you a bill that said, you know, a hundred and some odd dollars. And then it said zero underneath that, which felt really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. The drink package, was that a pretty flexible package? Like pretty much get whatever you want on the whole ship or were there any exclusions to that? Yeah, the only exclusion was that the drink had to cost less than $15. Okay. So if your drink was something really high-end specialty that was more than $15, you would have to pay the difference. So, you know, $18 drink, you'd pay $3. Um, we I don't think we ever ordered anything that cost more than $15, <laughs> so it was free for us. Could you use that drink uh, package at the Starbucks? No, you no. could not. Okay. And that was kind of a bummer, actually. Yeah. And how about, could you get bottled water with the drink package? No, you could not. Okay. So a couple exclusions there, but not many. Yep. Okay. Very yep. nice. Uh, so let's talk about the entertainment on this nine-night cruise. What did you think of it? Uh, the entertainment was really good on whole. Um, the entertainment staff uh, on, on board are excellent. Uh, Francesco was our cruise director, and Lester was our uh, assistant cruise director, and, and and they were great. And they had a really wide range of activities, um, some of which you do have to pay for, things like to play Deal or No Deal, um, or bingo, obviously, is an, uh, an extra charge. But they had a real variety of things to do from, you know, trivia to, you know, like big events like Deal or No Deal. Uh, but... The big thing is, I mean, the ship was completely sold out. There were 4,700 passengers on board, and you had to get to any event, whether it was like a Chinese lesson or bingo, uh, half an hour to 45 minutes early if you wanted to sit. Uh, But that's not the the entertainment staff's fault. And the Mm -hmm. shows on board were were also really fun. We, We saw Burn the Floor. Um, which is really great. It's a high-energy show, um, and we really enjoyed it. We saw some dueling pianos, uh, which were also excellent, and the um, a lot of the, the acts that are kind of around the ship in the lounges and bars are, are, are really good, too, and they have a really good variety of things they offer on a nightly basis. What's the concept of Norman's Poor House? It's sort of like a L.A. rock and roll sort of venue. Mm-hmm. So just like live bands and yeah. drinks that go along with it and... Yeah, they have okay. some really nice um, style seating. So mm-hmm. it was it was very cozy. It was not really that large, but um, when we went in there a couple times, it wasn't actually too crowded. They have the outside seating there as well for, on the waterfront area on deck eight, which okay. is really nice. That's a really nice feature of this ship. They also in um, uh, in that venue have really fun drink names for mm-hmm. all their drinks, and um, the ingredients are always really funny. They're like you know made with regrets or made with <laughs> bad choices. Um, so it's kind of that kind of rock and roll edgy feel, um, but uh, it, it's a really unique venue on the ship. 
I, I, f- I forgot that a lot of these restaurants on are along the waterfront and you could actually eat outside to, on with some of them. Did you dine outside at all? We did one night at Cagney's. Did you catch any of the comedians? Uh, we saw the comedian was uh, judging. He uh, judged a dance contest that mm-hmm. we, we went and watched. And he, he was really great. And all the kind of the buzz we heard around the ship was people really enjoyed him. How did the ship handle the crowds and congestion on sea days? So this was a extremely crowded ship. I want to say the, the 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 staff on board does a great job, um, and you know they 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 push out drinks really quickly, and they do everything they can. But it's just too many people, especially for Baltic cruise, where the majority of people are inside, because spending long periods of time outdoors is just not possible. So, you know, it, it was a little tough on sea days. You had to kind of like a lot of times get your drinks outside, then bring them inside because those bars were much less congested. We had one incident where we didn't have a reservation for lunch. Mm-hmm. And um, by one o'clock, it just became impossible to, to get a reservation anywhere. Um, and the buffet was getting ready to kind of switch over. So that was pretty tough. Where would you say the congestion points were? Definitely the the main atrium area, mm-hmm. um, sort of the place where they had all the activities. Um, it's like a two-story atrium. And then yeah. the Oceans, which is like a, a pub-style restaurant, was very crowded. It took forever to get food there during the sea days. Um, and sort of any of the main walkways through the ma- the public areas, the outside was not crowded at all, um, which was nice. Did y'all get to go to Oceans at all? We had drinks there, but we didn't end up having any food there. So let's talk about the ports of call on this nine-night cruise. So what we'll do here is give us the port of call, give us a highlight, and then move to the next one. So we started in uh, St. Petersburg, which was uh, definitely one of the ports that drew us to to, to this uh, itinerary. Uh, we had two night or two days there. We had uh, we got there in the evening at six p.m. and didn't leave the next day until about uh, five thirty. We did an outside uh, shore excursion. Uh, we worked with an outside company for that one, so uh, they kind of took care of us in a small group for two days, um, which was really great. We got to do a um, uh, a canal tour and uh, get, get to see a lot of the main sites, like the Hermitage in in the city, and that's really the easiest way uh, to see. Uh, St. Petersburg slash Russia, because as an American tourist, you have to have a visa mm-hmm. to, to, to go there on your own. But if you do the cruise excursion, uh, the, the the company, whether it's Norwegian or an outside company, takes care of the visa for you. Yeah. yeah. And then we went to Helsinki. And uh, the best thing we did there was we went to the Sumanlina Fortress, which is just a beautiful boat ride away from the main town and a really beautiful, natural sort of feeling fort. Um, and then we went to Tallinn, Estonia. And that was a beautiful old medieval town. We just, the highlight was really just walking around the old town, walked on the old top of the walls and got to see beautiful views. And Stockholm was our next one. We went to see the Vasa, which is, you know, an old uh, ship that had sunk in the harbor and has been resurrected from that and is now a museum. That was the highlight there. And last, we went to Visby, which is a little town on the island of Gotland. And um, that was just a beautiful, perfectly preserved medieval town. Lots of gorgeous gardens and ruins of churches and old forts and things like that. And in Visby, we we did a Norwegian excursion. We did a walking tour slash bus tour uh, of uh, the island, uh, which was really uh, well done. Visby was actually a change in our itinerary. Uh, We were supposed to originally have 
a night in Stockholm, two full days in Stockholm. And they, uh, you know, a couple months after we booked, um, switched it to, to take us to Visby, which is um, somewhat of a new protocol for them. They just built a, a cruise terminal on the island so you don't have to tinder to the island anymore. Um, and we were a little bummed out to not have the evening in Stockholm when we first heard about the change. But actually, Visby's really fantastic, and I'm really glad we got to see it. It's a place that we probably would have never seen without uh, the cruise. So Bisbee, Stockholm, Tallinn, Helsinki, and St. Petersburg, were all those, the ship actually docked and there was no tenders involved? Correct. No okay. tenders. The, Stockholm sounds interesting with the, the sunken ship that was in the harbor. So did they, like, they pulled the ship up off the bottom? Is it, is it like, floating somewhere, like, with supports, or is it on land? It's on land in a museum. They sort of, they pulled it up out of the harbor. They built this museum around it, um, and it's completely, pres- perfectly preserved by, like, the the water, I guess, the type of water it was in. It's from the 16th, uh, 1600s as well. Wow. So it's very interesting. You said you um, booked a your St. Petersburg through a third party company. I'm curious, did you price that against Norwegian's prices? Yeah, we did. And it was um, infinitely cheaper uh, with the company we went with. And um, also, um, gave you a lot more. So, you know, Norwegian didn't, everything Norwegian offered were sort of like one-off packages. Like they'd take you to the hermitage, they'd uh, take you to one place and you'd have to kind of piece together the full day on your own. But with the the outside company, we were able to actually just do the whole day and a half with, with them. Yeah, I, I noticed I did Norwegian um, Star a couple of years ago in the Mediterranean, in the Western Med, or actually Eastern Med. It went to Greece, and a couple of their ports, the third-party companies were almost half the cost of what Norwegian wanted, and they were the same exact excursion. Yeah, and that's so, that's exactly what we found, about about half the cost. Yeah, pays to do research. And, you know, interestingly enough, we, we thought that the Norwegian uh, excursions would be able to get off the boat first. Mm -hmm. But that also wasn't the case. I mean, oftentimes those who weren't taking excursions got off the boat sometimes as much as an hour before the the Norwegian excursions were able to to disembark. Oh, wow. So I want to go back onto the ship just for a moment here. And I want to talk about the – because the 678 area is where that big chandelier is, is like the center point of the ship. Um, And I think the casino is like on deck seven in that area. Was there a smoke issue at all in and around that area? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sensitive to smoking and I noticed it for sure. Um, You know, it's also a European cruise. So there are more people smoking, I think, than you might find on a U.S.-based cruise. Mm -hmm. Um, But – yeah, I did smell smoke when I was in that area, for sure. And then, unfortunately, we also were smelled a lot of smoke uh, from our balcony, uh. which was on deck eleven, which was a little surprising because we're you know pretty far up from deck eight. Um, and there were a number of times, especially you know like when people were just getting back on the ship from from port, that that you had a pretty strong um, you know uh, s- uh, smell of, of smoke. They have that paid area on Getaway. I can't remember if it's called Vibe or Bliss, but you pay for a pass for the week, and you can go up there and have your own lawn chair, your bar, and all that, and kind of not in the middle of everyone down on the main pool deck. Um, And it was chilly in August over there. Was that even an option for you? Yeah, I don't think it was even – it might not even have been open. I never saw anybody in there, and we never heard anything about it from Mm -hmm. the cruise line. Like, um, But we did – do the thermal suite, which was sort of an indoor upgrade spa, spa yeah. mm-hmm. where there were um, loungers in there and there were, you know, saunas and hot tubs and more private area there that you'd had to pay extra for. And we did do that and we really liked that. The thermal suite was really special too because it's situated on this ship right above the bridge. 
So you have like a really unique view uh, of, of, you know, where the ship is going when you're out at sea, um, which especially going into certain ports like Stockholm and uh, St. Petersburg is really fantastic. Did y'all do any of the outdoor activities like uh, the rock climbing wall or ropes course or anything like that? No, we didn't. No, it was very cold. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, so you make your way back to Copenhagen. How was Debark? You know, again, given that there were 4,700 passengers on this ship, I I thought it was pretty good. It took about a half an hour from the moment we left our room to get into a cab. Because this was a nine-night cruise, we had pretty large bags, Mm -hmm. and we chose to take our bags off on our own. Probably if I had to do it again, if I had bags that size, I'd probably let them take them down for me, uh, just because it was a little hard to push them through the the, the crowds trying to get off the ship. But on whole, they did a great job with with that. Any first-time tips to offer anyone sailing a Baltic cruise? Sure. I would say, at least on Norwegian, I would definitely make reservations ahead of time for Mm -hmm. anything that you really want to do. Whether it's a dinner or a show, you do need reservations for any of the shows in the getaway theater. Um, And that was important. And then also for Northern Europe, I would say you probably don't need to book the cruise on shore excursions unless you're really uncomfortable sort of getting through a a city. Um, Everybody was extremely friendly. Everybody was relatively tourist oriented. English was spoken everywhere. um, And it was not hard to get a cab or to find your way into the city on your own. Um, So that would be one of my tips. I would also just say, again, particularly with Norwegian, um, you should just go with the mindset that you're going to pay a little extra for certain things like premium dining and and certain pieces of entertainment because they really do go a long way on that ship. Um, That would also include your stateroom. Um, I would not do this cruise without a balcony. I would say our biggest highlight from this trip was sailing through the archipelago uh, when we were leaving Stockholm, which was just unbelievable. It felt like at times you were within like 20 feet of the shore and you're kind of just riding by in this mega ship past like little family camps. And I think the only thing more impressive than being on board is probably being on land, seeing this giant ship drive by your little camp. Uh, Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of your cruise? I would also just say that the the ports of call, they're all, for the most part, they're all within walking distance of the, uh, the cruise terminals. They're all such fantastic historical cities. Obviously, eight hours is not enough to even begin to explore a fraction of them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, just the fact that you can walk around these ancient cities and you're just kind of awed day in and day out. And, you know, then that night you're on a hot tub sailing to another amazing city. It's really amazing. I love it. Final thoughts of Norwegian Getaway. We thought it was a beautiful ship. We had a wonderful time. It was the perfect choice for us for getting to see all these cities and also getting to have a really relaxing honeymoon experience. Um, You know, I think the crowds could get intense. um, And we were a little bit um, wondering if next time we might take a smaller ship or a more um, mid-sized ship. um, But we were really excited. It was Jim's first cruise, too. So it was really a great experience for him. And we're definitely hooked. So, Jim, did cruising win you over? Yeah, it was really great. I have uh, in the past done some sort of all-inclusive resorts on land. uh, And this is kind of like an all-inclusive resort, except it takes you somewhere. So uh, it's kind of even better. I I really enjoyed it. And um, the whole vibe on the ship, it's kind of a no-judgment vibe. um, And, you know, just everything's about relaxation and and fun. And I just thought it was a great way um, to, to vacation and certainly a great way to see Northern Europe. A lot of questions I get when it comes to European itineraries is about the airfare. Did you book your air on your own or did you book it through the cruise line? I'm curious if you have any tips. 
we, we booked our air on our own. Um, I think we um, used uh, Google Alerts mm-hmm. to um, kind of find the best airfare, and we were kind of sitting here one night, and um, a really great airfare kind of popped up on the alert, and we took it. We also um, – it was through Delta, so we, we got the Delta card, which got us some more money off mm-hmm. of that already pretty um, inexpensive flight. Uh, but I would say anything like Google Alerts or the Hopper – uh, which is another app which sort of does the same thing, um, yeah. you know, are, are really great because they tell you when to book and, and you know, whether you're getting the best deal or not for the time you're booking. And one thing that we did that saved us money but also turned out to be great was we took a really long layover mm-hmm. between our flights in Paris. And so it was long enough that we were able to hire someone to drive us around the city and show us the sights of Paris, which I had never been to, um, just in the like four hours that we had leftover time and then we had plenty of time back to get back on our next flight so if you can take a long layover sometimes it's worth it and it definitely makes the flight cheaper that's a cool idea how long was that layover we had eight hours for the layover for seeing the city and then we had three hours before you know back in the airport waiting to get on the flight gotcha see i i had four two years ago and i was kind of you know didn't really want to push it trying to leave the airport yeah. and check the city out with four but yeah eight definitely it's a great idea too with a cheaper airfare doing that all right well we've been talking with carolyn and jim about their nine night cruise aboard norwegian getaway to northern europe i really appreciate y'all coming on and doing this for me on a sunday morning and y'all have a good one sure thanks you Thank too you very much we love the show what do you think of this format doing two people for one ship? Kind of have a different perspective from each person. I don't know. If you like it, let me know. I'll do more of them. Doug at cruiseradio.net. Sailing on Carnival Sunrise for a week today, doing a seven night Canada, New England cruise up to Halifax, Nova Scotia, St. John's, New Brunswick, or is it St. John, New Brunswick? Either or. Uh, Portland, Maine, and Boston back in New York City next Sunday. So yeah, it'll be a cool cruise and hope to bring you some good stuff from that one. So with that said, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Take care.